What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Dad the Man podcast. My name is Brendan Wall, and I am your host. And today, like always, I do have an ask for you. So if you are learning anything at all, if you have any takeaways from today's episode, or if you're just enjoying following along, please do me a huge favor and help me to share the show. Whether that means texting a friend, mentioning it to someone at work, or sharing us on social media, I cannot thank you enough for your support. And I do just want to pause And for those of you listening who have been supporting us from the beginning, or maybe you're just tuning in today, today's your first episode listening in. I just want to thank you for lending your ears. I hope that I can provide a good return on your time here. So today's guest is none other than the Tim Kennedy. So Tim is an active special forces master sergeant and sniper with combat deployments throughout the Middle East as part of the most elite counterterrorism and hostage rescue unit within the U.S. Army Green Berets. He's a former professional mixed martial arts fighter and two-time title challenger and has fought for the largest organizations in the world, including the UFC, Strike Force, and the WEC, and he did all of this while actively serving in the military. He's been featured on the History Channel show Hunting Hitler, as well as Discovery Channel series Hard to Kill, and has been featured as a guest on various programs on Fox News and other networks. Tim is a serial entrepreneur with about a dozen successful and profitable businesses, a few of which you may have heard of include Sheepdog Response, Ranger Up, Four Pillars Fitness, and Wooby Shoes, among many others. And I just want to say, if you are at all interested in becoming more capable, more qualified to protect yourself and your family, Sheepdog Response is an unbelievable resource where where you will find everything that you need, from firearms training to self-defense to trauma response to home defense and just about everything in between, everything else you could possibly want to learn. They host both in-person and virtual events, so there's no excuses. You can do a lot of this from home. So I highly, highly, highly recommend checking them out if that is of interest to you. So Tim also runs a school called Apogee Cedar Park, which is an acting academy and utilizes the Socratic method of learning where the students or heroes in the school largely lead their own learning, cultivating an environment of critical thinking and real life skills. Most recently, Tim is the author of the new best-selling book titled Scars and Stripes. The book is currently available for pre-order and will be officially released next Tuesday, June 7th. This is on the very, very, very short list of books that I am so excited to get my hands on. I cannot wait to read this book. Um, And if you want to learn more about Tim, you can learn more about him just about anywhere you look. He was selected as the guest of honor on the 20th anniversary of of 9-11 on that episode on the Joe Rogan experience. And he's been on pretty much all of the biggest podcasts in the world. So it's an honor to have him here on our show today. Um, As you can see, Tim is a a very busy dude. He has a lot going on. He's all over the place. And he, he was even... You know, last year when the United States pulled out of Afghanistan officially, Tim was involved with private organizations evacuating American citizens from Afghanistan. He had boots on the ground. This dude, Tim Kennedy, is a real-life superhero. And along with it, he's an incredible man, husband and father. And it was an honor and privilege to host him on our show. So here's my conversation with the Tim Kennedy. And we are live with a man who needs absolutely no introduction. His actions, his record of service to our country and to our communities, both home and abroad, they speak for themselves. He is the author of the new best-selling book titled Scars and Stripes. And this man, he is, he's hell-bent 
on fulfilling his life's mission and purpose of protecting and preserving human life. This man is a true American hero. And today, he's our guest here on the show. So without further ado, it is both an honor and a privilege to welcome the one and only Tim Kennedy to the Dad the Man podcast. Tim, welcome to the show, brother. Dude, thanks for having me. Appreciate you. Absolutely, man. Um, so to kick things off, I like to go back in time. I love to hear the, a little bit of the backstory. So if you don't mind, take us back to your childhood. Tell us a little bit about you know where you grew up, family dynamic, what you were into, relationship with parents. Give us a little bit of that background there. And so even in kindergarten, I kind of knew that uh, I wanted to be in the military. I knew that I wanted to jump out of airplanes and wear camouflage. Um, you know, even in kindergarten, there was a little journal where I had drew, drew uh, a little man in camouflage, jumping out of an airplane, wearing, uh, and then once he landed on the ground, he was wearing like a martial art Komodo. So, uh, you know, like, no question, I kind of knew what I wanted to be doing. Um, you know, loving, loving set of parents, mother and father that were very present and very intentional. Um, you know, wouldn't miss a single event of ours, whether it was a, a play, a, a mime event, a, a missions trip, or, uh, or a sporting event. You know, they were there always. Um, you know, dad worked a lot, but he worked hard for us. And, um, you know, it was, it was kind of a, a big effort, I think, all around uh, grandma and grandpa and uncles and aunts to make one big family unit. That's awesome. Um, I've heard you speak a little bit about your dad. Tell me a little bit about, I don't know if there's any stories that come to mind, lessons you learned from him, things that have kind of stuck with you throughout your life. Yeah, I mean, he was, um, he, you know, people look at me and I'm like, man, this guy's relentless, you know, but like that guy was larger than life, you know, a personality of, of gregarious laughter and sincerity and everything that he did. Um, you know, he's a leader in every element, you know, he's a leader in our church, you know, he was uh, a leader of his, as an undercover, undercover police officer, part of a task force, you know, leader of that. So, you know, he was, he was like the, the quintessential hero in, as uh, as a young man to look up and, you know, see your dad driving a, a drug dealer's Ferrari or a Lamborghini or a Porsche that he, that they stole, you know, and having the MP5 machine gun and, uh, like wearing body armor and going catching bad guys. And it was surreal to, to be around that. Um, you know, but he, he was also, you know, a flawed man that, uh, you know, struggled with lots of things and those things, you know, to this day, it's, um, it's very real. So, and they, they weren't, I guess to a kid, you try to hide them, you know, mm -hmm. but we acknowledged our faults and our failures and our struggles. And it was kind of just part of the process of, of eventually getting better in something. Yeah, that's awesome. It's, it's so cool that you got to have that modeled for you at, at such a young age. Um, it, it sounds like a pretty crazy childhood, seeing some of the things that I'm sure you saw, um, you know, tagging along with your dad, just given the, the job that he had. I'm thinking of like the dinner table conversations of like the conversations I have with my kids. I'm an accountant, so I'm pretty much the opposite of what your dad was and what you do for a living the stories are a little more vanilla and I'm just imagining sitting down like, Oh yeah. You know, we busted this guy and drove home in his Lamborghini. Like, that's just crazy. Yeah. It was cool. You know, it was, uh, it was cool to be the, the cool kid with the cool dad, um, where, you know, he'd come home and like, man, you know, he's sad cause he had to shoot a dog that the, that a drug dealer was using to protect their meth plant. 
you know, and, um, you know, he, you could see like, you know, we had, we had dogs and was, he'd be broken hearted, but it was also cool. You know, like, yeah. it was like, Whoa, that's crazy. You know, or like him having to, to rush and rescue somebody or fight somebody. It was, it was every night. It was like this new adventure, a new story. That's awesome. And so then you got into, obviously you had phenomenal fighting career. You got into fighting at a young age. What led you, what led you into that? Man, I think um, my dad was just trying to keep me out of jail. Um, <laughs> you know, I was, I was the typical second born. I was crazy. I was energetic. You know, I, they, they put labels now of like ADHD or ADD. But man, I was just a, I was just a young boy that uh, had lots of energy and that had um, lots of, you know, built up passions and wanted to do crazy stuff and so he very wisely in an effort to to ebb some of that that energy some of it healthy energy some of it you know violent unhealthy energy um made sure that i, I had good healthy outlets yeah that's that's really cool i um i'm very much a like stereotypical firstborn i was the first of one of two boys so i'm very much like that my firstborn son is very much the same way and i was talking about this with my wife the other day our second born he's a little wild man like he's got a, he's like a different type of human like a different breed almost and we're tr we're both like we don't fully get like we love him to death but we're trying to figure out how to parent him a little bit so i love like just the concept that your dad was able to find something that really fit you and was able to be a great outlet for you. I think, um, you know, it takes a certain level of intentionality and, and presence to, you know, to be able to derive that and steer you into it. And obviously it worked yeah, out for you. you had yeah. a great career in it. Yeah. The, uh, you know, a lot of the, um, the first born and second born, you know, my mom would always joke, uh, her job was to keep blood in my body and occasionally clean me, you know, and then with, <laughs> With my brother, it was to like to provide purpose and to make sure that, you know, he as the eldest was a leader, you know, and could show grace and compassion, you know, but then like with that one in the corner, it's like, no, I just got to keep the blood in the body of that one over there. Uh-huh. You have any, uh, any recommendations for me and learning how to parent my little man? Um, pain has a purpose, you know, like don't, uh, don't cushion just don't cushion falls and yet unless you have to take into an orthopedic surgeon you know like the the fall itself will make the bone stronger or it'll te teach him to not jump from so high mm -hmm. and uh you know like that that purpose of pain where you know someone some sometimes there's that kid and i was one of them that had to learn the hardest way there was to learn yep. and if i didn't learn that way i would make that same mistake over and over again and mm -hmm. uh i just i had to learn it harsh yeah. It's funny you say that. I was messing around my three-year-old yesterday and he's, you know, he picks up this bit, the biggest, heaviest rock he could find. And I'm like, I'm looking at him like, buddy, you got this, but be careful. And then he starts wiggling with it. I'm like, okay, buddy, let's put this down. You're going to drop this on your foot. Like it's, I promise it's going to happen. Like you can do it if you want to, but like, this is going to happen. And he's like, I got it. Drops it on his foot. He's screaming, cry, but I know like I could have told him a million times, put it down, but to your point there's uh i like that phrasing there's there's purpose in the pain um so if we if we fast forward a little bit into your story uh to 9 11 happens um you're in a recruiter's office that day if, I, if i'm getting the story correctly that's a to me it's 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 outstanding that's like that's the reaction 
I'd love to hear a little bit of maybe the backstory there. Cause it's, it's wild to me that like, you see something like that, you see a fight, you see a bully and you run right to it. Like out of the blue, I'm going to go join the military and go. Um, what's going on in your head that day? And what led you directly to the office that day? And I don't know what the, um, my, everyone in my family, uh, like we can't stand by, you know, like, uh, there's, there's not a helplessness is not a characteristic that we can accept. You know, we have mm-hmm. to do something, you know, if we're walking across the street and uh, a car zips through the, the crosswalk and my mom is walking like the mother duck with the little ducklings behind her, that car would be dented period. Like I, I watched it happen numerous times, you know, and um, you know, for, if, if we're in a mall, and we hear blood curdling scream as we're walking out to our car. You know, my, my dad is absolutely running towards the sound of those screams to, to find what the cause is. And, um, you know, nat- nurture and nature kind of have a way, especially when they're compounded. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you, you, you see a Viking and you're like, man, that guy's built for war, but then he's brought up in a warrior culture then you have a Viking um, mm-hmm. where that nurture and nature are combined. You know, like my uncles are, are heroes from Vietnam. My grandpa, greatest generation, you know, fought in World War II, you know, helped drop bombs on Nazis. And, uh, you know, obviously my dad and mom are heroes. My brother's a hero. And as this, this, this is what you do, it just became yeah. normal and commonplace. I think it's, um, it's a phenomenal illustration that, you know, kids fall into, you know, the, the modeling that their parents set for them. And I think it says a lot about, you know, your parents and your grandfather and your uncles and all the people that you were able to spend, you know, a lot of time with as a, as a young kid that to have those kinds of people, like that quality, that caliber of human being that isn't going to stand by that they are going to run to the fire. They are going to run to the fight. Um, it's just, I think that's such a blessing that you were able to be raised, you know, in, in an environment like that. And that's, that's an inspiration, you know, to me and to anybody listening, I know, like, you know, that's, that's what it's all about. It's about modeling something better for our kids, for them to, to fall into. Yeah. It, it goes the other way as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it, why, why is being poor generational, well, you know, like poor and broke are different things. Like we've been, we've been broke, you know, but my family was never poor because we had a mindset of, of like this hard work and in, intentional focus of ever improving, um, you know, and, and why do you see like generationally in like culturally it's, it's difficult and generationally it's, it's, it's systematic mm-hmm. and um, like you can break that cycle, but it takes work. Yep. Um, that's yeah, it's absolutely. And, you know, I, I know you've spoken about, you know, joining the military, spoken about nine 11 and the experience that kind of led you into that <clears throat> a bunch of times before, but I really just wanted to pause and, and, and bring it up here today, really just to, to take a second and thank you. Um, 9-11 is, it's a big day in my own family. Uh, my dad's younger brother passed away that day. He worked in the, you know, hundred and something floor of one of the towers. And, you know, he went to, he went to work that day and, and he didn't come home. And I was in, man, I was in fourth grade sitting in Spanish class. And I remember the, you know, they came over the loudspeaker, something's happened, everybody's going home. And, you know, I remember going home 
and my parents had sent me over to a friend's house so they could figure, you know, get everything sorted out. So I get home that night. My dad's sitting there. He's obviously been staring at the TV screen, bloodshot eyes all day, you know, waiting for they're, they're reading out the names of both the bodies found and then the survivors, you know, just waiting for something. Nothing comes. I wake up the next day and he's still sitting there, hasn't moved. And that's, you know, it's it's a crazy like I've been very fortunate to live an unbelievable life without a lot of trauma, but that is one thing that I will, I'll never forget. So that day is, it's a big day for our family. So I really just want to pause and thank you for your service, for, you know, being the guy who's willing to stand up when, when something like that happens and goes, goes to fight. There's a there, few days, few nights go by where I don't say my prayers and, um, you know, thank God for, for people like, you know, heroes like you and, uh, and other men and women who do the same thing. So, um, if nothing else, if we don't get anything else across today, thank you, Tim, uh, for your service, man. It's, uh, yeah, so it was, it was, it was important to be part of that, to be part of this generation. And, uh, you know, I, I, I say often the falling man, I, I remember watching live, mm-hmm. um, people making decisions about burning alive or jumping to their death. And, um, you know, like I'm, I'm not going to let another American have to make that decision without me having a say in it. Yeah. Um, you mentioned something on your Instagram the other day and I read it and you said it with a smile or uh, the caption, I read the caption, but you had a smile on your face in the video and you're kind of laughing. I'm going to read it so I don't mess it up. Um, it says, I live a charmed life full of adventure and a significant chance of death. Do you have any fear of dying? Like you've done some crazy, crazy things. And I know from what I know and people who might follow you, I've only seen the teeniest, teeniest, tiniest tip of that iceberg. Like what's your relationship with that like? Man, I, um, my, I, I have fears just like everybody else, you know, but um or maybe not like everybody else. My, mine, mine are a little bit more acute because I have seen firsthand the consequences of failure. Mm-hmm. You know, I have uh, like I have felt the pain of loss and physically and emotionally. So like it's not a um, like they've never been doled those my the scars that I have and there's lots of them. Mm-hmm. Um, they are they are well earned. So on the fear side, it's like I mean I argue that. I have more fears because I I'm more intimately familiar with the consequences of each of these decisions. Uh, but like, this is why I'm here. What's uh, what's going on in your head when you're facing those fears? Is it just like a binary decision? I'm doing this, I'm going, I'm shutting it off. Or is it more of a conscious thing? Like, you know, Hey, I'm scared of this. So I'm going to be brave. And, and here we go. What's that like for you? Um, it's definitely conscious. You know, I, uh, in the book, I talked about one specific moment where my friend, Mike Irish, mm-hmm. the vehicle in front of us got blown up and everybody inside of it was mostly dead. There were a couple of people that st- were still alive. And, um, Mike was like, I'm going to go get them. I was like, no, you're not, you know, we're going to die. If we go down there, like that is the ambush X, like that is the kill zone. That is, that mm-hmm. is where we will all die. And, um, and he jumps out and he starts running. And I was like, God, are you kidding? You know, this is, this was not a good idea. Um, <laughs> but also my door flies open. I grab my gun and I chase after him. Um, you know, so like there's definitely, like, you know, we're, 
I'm human and everybody I worked with are human and we share the same emotions that everybody else shares. And, um, you know, we have the same struggles of making the right decision. And, uh, like I saw people hide inside of armored vehicles, the entire gunfight. And then I saw other people run towards gunfire, uh, you know, hop over buildings as, or hop over, uh, hoods of vehicles as if they were like in an action movie and attack somebody on the other side. It was wild, you know, and we're the same species with, um, the same current experiences, with all the same external stressors responding dramatically differently. Has, um, so you've got kind of two co- cohorts of kids. You've got a couple older kids and a couple younger kids now. Has, um, has your relationship with, with death, with that, I guess, w- whatever that is, whether that's fear or whatever that relationship really looks like for you, has that changed at all at, like before and after having kids? Um, yeah, uh, so gold star families, you know, families that lost their spouses, their mothers and fathers in war. Um, like I know lots of them, my, uh, mm-hmm. my company, sheepdog response, you know, we allow them to, and, and encourage them to come to our training. Uh, I've taken widows back to their places that their, their spouses were killed at, um, so like similar to fear, like I know the consequence of, of that, that mistaken failure. So like, um, I'm a little bit more involved because of that, but, uh, mm-hmm. I also am not going to change what I have to do because of it. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's really interesting. It, you know, that's, I mean, my job, like I said, it's a little different than yours. Um, my probability of death is probably a little bit lower. I like to think I am an accountant, but my, I mean, that's, I mean, my biggest fear and maybe, maybe I need bigger fears. I don't know, but my biggest fear, the thing that really gets me is leaving my kids behind prematurely. So I'm just, you know, it, it's interesting to me to kind of hear you unpack that a little bit. Um, you know, I just imagine what it, what, what it's like to really sit in the living room and say, all right, you know, to your wife, to your kids, like. I'm heading to Afghanistan. I know you were just over there, you know, with, with save our allies and the whole team and everything like that. Not too long ago. Um, I just, I have so much respect for, for your ability to do that. And then, you know, just go execute, take care of business. And you know, I, you know, you know, all the cliche mottos, you know, like for evil to conquer, it takes good men to do nothing, mm-hmm. you know, and like there's a litany of them. Um, and, uh, like you, you, you have two different options. Um, you have, uh, you have standby and do nothing and then have your children be raised in, uh, I mean, honestly, in, in a, in a world that we're looking at potentially facing, you know, where mm-hmm. good times make soft men and soft men make hard times. And we're, I think on the, the, the precipice of very hard times, and then hard times make hard men and then hard men make good times. And, and that ever involving revolving cycle um i would rather have to work a little bit harder as a hard man to to try to make sure that there are some good times ahead but um unfortunately not everybody's shared that so i think we're gonna have some hard times <laughs> yeah it's uh, it's looking it's looking that way unfortunately um tim one of the things i wanted to ask you about and yeah i've heard, i haven't heard you speak a lot about this but i heard you mention it recently um, i was getting ready for this interview and heard you mention your faith 
talking a little bit about just your testimony and you started to share just a little bit of that story. Um, I would love to hear you unpack that a little bit, just your relationship with, with your faith in Christ and kind of how you came back to it uh, maybe a little bit later in life. You know, I, 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 I knew what right and wrong was, you know, I knew there was God. Um, I felt his presence. I knew he was real and I knew he needed to be in my life. And, um, and I also knew why he put me on this planet very, very early. And uh, anytime that I deviated from that path, there were serious consequences, you know, consequences of, you know, me thinking I had contracted AIDS, um, you know, getting multiple women pregnant at the same time, um, you know, like wrecking motorcycles, like permanent damage to my body. Um, you know, some of the lowest points of my life, all consequences of decisions I made, uh, and de deviating from, you know, the plan that God had for my life. Um, and, uh, but man, I'm stubborn, you know, and man, I'm, uh, you know, I said I had to learn the hard way and I was, I was not joking. So, you know, there was, there was 20 years, 15 years, complete departure from my faith, uh, absent in every way, knowing that he existed, knowing that he was standing there waiting for me and me fully knowing that I didn't, that I didn't want to find those answers. And, um, it wasn't until I was like rock bottom in the sense that, you know, marriage is about to be done. You know, my kids are about to grow up without a father. Um, and I have tried every other way to hide pain, dull pain, um, run from pain. Um, that I finally just do what I knew I needed to do and which was walk back through the front doors of my church. That's amazing. And, and when was that, that you went back? Two and a half years ago. That's awesome. What's the journey been like since you, since you went back? Well, there's a lot less pain. Yeah. Um, you know, the, uh, that's good. The constant, yeah, there's a lot less consequence. Um, you know, but also having to deal with the consequences and repercussions of, of prior choices, you know, we're working through those. And, um, so the journey's tough. Yeah. Well, man, I'm happy for you and I'm proud, proud of you for, for going back. Um, that's, that's an amazing thing. Um, and I appreciate you uh, sharing that story. So Tim, let's, uh, let's transition just a little bit. Tell us a little bit about this book that's coming out soon. We're going to be putting this episode out the day that the book drops. So by the time anybody's listening, listening to this, you can go get scars and stripes. I think wherever you probably buy books, but tell us a little bit about it. Why'd you, why'd you write the book? So, I mean, I think we're in an era where, uh, you know, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, you know, you can editorialize and you can curate uh, what people see about you and, um, and the, the repercussions of that is that people are starving for truth. They're starving for reality. They're starving, they're starving for real experts. And, um, you know, this book is all of those things, you know, it's, it's, um, not pulling punches. It is a fully vulnerable, transparent retelling and recapturing of a, you know, young man's journey through life, extraordinary stories. And that's the fun part, you know, as you read these stories, you're like, what, how is this, how is this one man's life and not like 10 men's life combined into one? Uh, and you know, that, while that's the extraordinary part, all of the stories are very relatable. You know, all the stories are all the struggles that we all have. And, um, 
you know, the, the, the title itself is, is very self-explanatory. It's all the scars we carry on the inside and the outside. The military, the stripes that we, we, you earn through service and time. So, um, you know, that, that journey of earning those scars and stripes is, is uh, tough. What was the process like for you writing that book? I, I, I cannot wait to read it. And I can only imagine the depth of the stories that you're alluding to that are in there. Like, what was that process like, un- like unpacking all that all over again? It was terrible. Um, there were, there were uh, rough days writing it, rough days reading it, um, rough days proofreading it. I mean, like even doing the legal review with the lawyers, you know, going name by name and being like, oh, man, uh, that guy's dead. So don't worry about that story. Oh, this guy's dead, too. Um, matter of fact, everybody in this that's specifically in the story is all is all, they're all dead. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, like that, that is just one example going through like a legal review to find how much pain there there was in all of these moments. Yeah. Um, well, man, I, I cannot wait to read the book. Um, I commend you for doing it. Um, I, I'm really looking forward to it. We'll be promoting it here on the show. I'm super pumped. Um, I, I, you know, listen to, I guess, a couple other folks that have read the advanced copies. And I know like the ratings are super high. Everybody's got a lot of amazing things to say about it. So I can't wait. Um, so as we transition here, I want to be respectful of your time. Got last couple questions and I will get you out of here uh, back to your son's hockey practice. Um, there we go. There's the rink. Man, round of applause for Tim. He's here. He's out here, you know, helping out at hockey practice, hopping on a podcast in the background. Um, I said it before we hopped on. I almost feel guilty dragging you away from it, but we appreciate it, man. Uh, so last two questions. Um, the first one's a little bit of a fastball. The second one is a little bit longer winded. But first question, Tim, what are you the most proud of in your life so far? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of my family. You know, I'm, I'm looking at my big girls that are making great choices and figuring out how to be, you know, critical thinking, independent, self-reliant citizens. I'm like, I'm really incredibly proud of that. And then I'm looking at, you know, my son, you know, finishing lacrosse season and, you know, being the highest goal scorer, the highest assist, highest passes. Um, but like, most importantly, the most beloved player on the team like i'm like god you know and then then my little my little one she is just this fierce psychopath and uh, my wife is just looks at her and then like looks at me eyes wide i'm like oh i know what this is you're like i I remember this so you just wait so i'm just so proud of my family that's awesome man um so last question is around the word legacy so this word has a lot of different connotations attached to it it just depending on you know if you're on instagram or whatever you see a lot of things about money and generational wealth and all that kind of stuff but when i think about legacy i think about two things i think about uh the people that i'm going to leave behind here on earth and i think about um the people that mean you know the most to me right so within those two buckets hopefully god willing that's my kids i hope i get to leave them behind on earth and when i think about legacy i think about the moments the memories the little lessons, the, the experiences here and there that they'll remember about, about me or an experience that we had together, whatever it is, that they can then kind of carry with them in their heart, living the rest of their life. So through that lens, if I flip that around, toss it to you and say, Tim, what do you want your legacy to be with your kids? How would you answer that question? Um, you know, we, we talked about fear. We talked about pain. You know, I, I want them to have the same 
fierce passion and running towards the next thing like I did. You know, I want them to not be a little into something, to be fully into something, to be so fully committed into their passions that there's only one way that it can go. And that's the way that they want it to go. Um, I, I think in every way that they're going to look at my life, they're going to see that, that very clear. They're going to see mistakes. They're going to see struggles. They're going to see failures. They're going to see scars. They're going to see stripes. They're going to see knee surgeries. They're going to see me blown up. They're going to see my face swollen closed, but they're going to be like fierce. That, that was fierceness. He loved, he loved us fiercely. He loved life fiercely. He loved us fiercely. And, um, and we're just, going to do the same i love it tim thank you so much for making some time for us uh man this is such an honor yeah. such a privilege where's the best place for people to find you follow you where do you want to send people i know you got a lot going on yeah the social medias are fine tim kennedy mma uh it's like most of them on social media you know it's all in the book so you can, you can get you can get it there first first person awesome awesome well we'll uh we'll link it all up Tim, again, thank you so much. I know you got a lot going on. You're at the hockey practice, the whole thing. Um, like I said, I'm just so so grateful. Such an honor to have you on the show. So thanks for making the time. We'll uh, we'll talk soon, man. All right, everybody, that's it. Thanks for listening. And if you haven't already, do me a huge favor and subscribe to the show, or leave us a rating and review. We can't thank you enough for your support. Until next time, remember to love and lead from the front. See you.